I am Erica. I am Kevin. I am Giovanna. I am adventurous. I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. Welcome to the I Am podcast. We are featuring today the most incredible producer, musician, arranger, artist, music director, composer. When I started doing a little bit of research, I was literally blown away. At 19, he was discovered by Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson, who chose him as their young music director. He is credited as a ranger and or pianist in recordings for artists including Diana Ross, Luther Vandross, Roberta Flack, Donnie Hathaway, right? I mean, I feel like I need to slow down and just take a, it's so a much. moment each one of these. He performs with the world's most popular artists including Rihanna, Carrie Underwood, Pharrell Williams, Justin Bieber, Aretha Franklin, Lenny Kravitz. We had our wedding song with Lenny Kravitz. Pitbull, Queen Latifah, <laughs> James Taylor, Quincy Jones. He is the musical director for ABC's Dancing with the Stars and was previously music director for Fox's American Idol. He has also served as music director for several network TV series and music specials, including its Showtime at the Apollo, 65th Primetime Emmy Awards, and 2015 Grammy Awards premiere ceremony, the 2008 Democratic National Convention, and in 2014 NBC's broadcast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Please welcome the extraordinary Mr. Ray Chu. Thank you. Your busy schedule right now, I mean, during COVID, are you working from home or are you going into studio? This is my 13th season with Dance with the Stars. And we've been very blessed during this period that we were able to get back into full production. The the production of Dance with the Stars, while they couldn't have everybody, they had to cut a lot of the crew in half because they couldn't have everybody in the ballroom. The crew is over 100 people. And, and so I guess they, they cut that about in half and they really created uh, corridors and quadrants and sections for people for different parts of the production so we're able to proceed going forward. Having said that, the music that we're doing for the show this season is all being pre-recorded and we have a studio, we're out at Center Stage and in Burbank, where we set up a full COVID-styled recording facility. And we pre-record all the music, and then I bring it to the ballrooms at uh, CBS in Hollywood. And we bring it there, and then we make sure that everything is to the liking of the production. And then that's how you hear it. Uh, we enter it into the production that's still the production still happens live, but the music is pre-recorded. I know I said a lot there. Yeah. No, it's oh. great because I think a lot of people don't really understand how it all comes together, and it is really an incredible process. But before we jump too far ahead on that, I I've listened to a couple interviews and we did a bunch of research, and one of the things that I really want to just touch on is just your very early beginnings and your mother and the just the support that you had as a child growing up. I mean, I've. I've worked with you, but I don't think I've ever heard you just play just a solo sort of situation. And I watched something from an interview where you got on those keys and 
my jaw dropped on the floor. <laughs> I just had no idea. You know, you think of somebody as a musical director, but sometimes you don't get to shine in that light. So can you tell us a little bit about just your early beginnings and all of those accolades and what it meant to sort of do the trajectory that you did? You, I think there was a phrase where you said your, your mom said you're not going to be a product of your environment. You're going to be a product of what we, we, we nurture you with. My journey started in Harlem and my whole family is from Harlem. My name is Chu, my, my father's father. Uh, he's Chinese, but he emigrated from China and settled in Harlem. And my, on my mother's side, you know, they, they all migrated from North Carolina and settled in Harlem. So the family roots are in Harlem while they, you know, they go back. So we started out in the Grant Projects right about six blocks from the Apollo Theater. And also it was right down the block from Columbia University campus. And so during that time, they had, a, a Juilliard actually had a program that was up on the Columbia campus. And my father played piano and they, they brought me in. And long story short, I got a scholarship to start my musical study. And I actually won, it was a, a or was awarded, let me put it that way, the Vladimir Hollowitz Scholarship to start my study. So my formal education started at age uh, six. And my dad, he, he actually played piano, but uh, not professionally, but that's what kind of got me going. I would sit on his lap and play the piano and and get inspired. And they they took me over there and they said, oh, this kid's, you know, they, they play a note. And I said, oh, that's, I told him what note that is. It's wow, he's got perfect pitch. Great. And so the music study, you know, began there. And from, from that point, my mother was just determined and she had to work two jobs all her life. And my father worked steady all the time. And so my sister, who's two years older than me, we, we learned how to navigate through New York City. We would go, she, uh, she studied ballet. And we would go to our, you know, our lessons on the train at uh, six and eight. My mother showed. Now you wouldn't do that with kids today, because yeah, so much organized, uh, you know, pedophilia and all this stuff. You you send the kids out there, but my mother instilled in us a great sense of survival and how to how to really make it work. Plus, she had to work, so she said, you know, she showed us how to get to our our lessons and stuff, and out in the schools we went to, and uh, we we did it. So I went to that that program. The next one I went to was uh, a Harlem School of the Arts, uh, which had a great program uh, at that time. Arthur Mitchell was had a boat uh, ballet thing, and they, and, they, and uh, Dorothy Maynard, who was an opera star, she it was only classical music being a study. They didn't have a jazz program. And so after that, I went there and went to another school, Third Street Music School, that had actually had a jazz program. And my years there, I'm still in junior high school. By the time I got to about eighth grade, and you know, I'm very studied up. I was a student teacher there. Then I went to Mann School of Music. Then I went to the High School of Music and Art. Then I went to the Manhattan School of Music. So music has been, I've been studying, studying, and I had great music teachers and mentors who were professionals in the field, and they would just take me all over the place. So I was this little, you know, wonder music kid, and they were just, I was just everywhere. I was all over New York City. I was everywhere. And uh, and so I really got ingratiated into what it was like to be a professional musician in the New York bustling scene. And, 
And I still think at that time, it was New York was still the mega of entertainment. Yes, later on, Los Angeles developed with, with film and TV and all that other stuff, but still New York was kind of that place to be. Um, and so I had also learned a great sense of how to foresee or how to envision a career at a very early age because all of my teachers were active professionals in in the field. They were doing Broadway, they were doing TV. One of my uh, mentors and teachers, Coleridge Taylor Perkinson, was a he had a he he, he had his own symphony orchestra, uh, the Symphony of the New World, which was primarily uh, black and brown people who who otherwise would not have had opportunity. And as you know, as string players, they very, they, you know, if you look at the the makeup of orchestras right now, they are probably 99%, uh, you know, white and one or 2% other, and definitely less than that of black people and the Philharmonics all, all over the world. So, Coach Taylor Perkinson had the Symphony of New World, and I and I and I saw this. And I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" Now I didn't know exactly how incredible that was, but I also he would take me. He was a, the first. He was one of the first music directors on TV. Yeah, he's music director for the Barbara McNair Show, and they would take me there. I, I went to, and other teachers had me all over the place. So I knew what it was like to be a professional. I was studying, studying, studying. By the time I got to high school, I, I had, you know, lots of study. I was really on a professional level myself and doing jobs around New York City. I also studied percussion, and I was all city in percussion as well. One of my specialties, of course, was mallets. And so I was in orchestras, playing orchestras, doing mallets and all kinds of stuff. And so I was studying piano, percussion. I was playing drums. And then so I was a multi-instrumentalist in that sense. And I always had a great aptitude for any instrument. I, you know, if you leave me alone in a room with an instrument, I'm going to figure it out. I'll be able to give me an hour and I'll play, I'm playing something on it. All right. I'll pick up a sax. I'll pick up anything. Trumpet. I'll figure it out. So and that's just kind of in my, my system. And I love the challenge of doing that. Matter of fact, I studied violin. I studied cello. Cello. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I played trumpet for a summer, wow. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was all city on percussion as well. So in high school, I, I, was, I was also playing gigs on drums. So I was just doing a lot on many instruments, and that's a lot to study and intake, but I, I loved it all. I was in music study every day, every day, every day, every day. And of course, you know that if you want to be really good at something, you have to put a lot of time into it. So I put a lot of time in the scales and exercises and all that stuff on both instruments. Piano, I put uh, two or three hours in on that. And then I move over to the drums and, you know, do that. So when I went to school, I would have, I would go to classes doing the piano. Then I go and do, you know, the theory class. And then you go the ear training. Then, then I would do drums and percussion. And so it would just consume my whole day, but I loved it. I loved it. So, uh, and by the way, my experience on the violin, that was short-lived. You know, some instruments you find out whether or not it's, it's for you or not. Now, I, I love the violin, but, but <laughs> I studied with a teacher, and she was so strict. You know, one day I, I dropped the violin, 
right? Oh. It didn't break. Drop it. Now, for the rest of the less, the rest of, and you're a string player, so the rest of, for the next three weeks or something, she, you know, at least the next two lessons I remember, she just made me hold that thing like that. She said, you'll never, <laughs> she said, you'll never drop it again. And and I did after that, I was like, I hate this. And I said, not only will I never drop it again, I'll never play it again. So <laughs> that was the that was the end of that. I was like, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. And that cello, I liked the cello. I just wasn't uh, very good at it. All right. But uh, drums and percussion and and piano and those are my piano, those are my specialties. By the time I was in high school, I was working, doing gigs all over New York and you know, subbing for people on both instruments. And then my buddy, he told me that there was an audition for Melba Moore. So Melba Moore, she'd just come off of the Tony and and the, and the TV special. And so she was, she was huge. She was huge, and especially in the New York City. So Melba Moore, there was an audition. And he said, and he said, he just chimed me, he said, why don't you go down there? I was like, okay. So I went down there. I think I was the last one. I think the auditions were going on during the day and I, I'm still in high school. I was in my junior year of high school. And so, you know, by the time I got there, it was almost over. So I was the last one in. They put the music up. I, I played, played the music, you know, and then I think, and, and then she came over, she sang a few things with me and then she said, thank you. And so I left and I, I headed out. Then about halfway down the hall, somebody came back and said, Hey, 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 she really likes you, you know. I was like, cool, you know. And then they said, can you, can you work with her? I was like, yeah, of course I work. You know, that's <laughs> why I came. Then they hand me this schedule that was like, you know, three pages long. It was like the entire year, and I was like, I don't know if they know. I'm still in, I'm still in high school, man. Wow, <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I was like. Wow, wow. And you know, I looked at this, I was like, wow, man. You know, this is like my dream to go out and, you know, go all these wonderful places all over the world. And and so I went back and I spoke to my mother. And again, my mother was many things. And she was a maverick. She's she was an activist during the 60s and she she was so many things. She knew me, she knew my spirit, and she knew my studies. She said, Well, this is what you studied to do. Do it. Now, I was like, she supported me. I said, I want to go. She said, go. So I, I left high school and went out on the road with Melbourne Moore at 16. Now, a lot of the places I had, to, you know, my age, they wouldn't let me, you know, suppose I'm not supposed to be playing places with liquor. And anyway, and yeah, we kind of got through that. But anyway, I, I started, that was my first, you know, major gig at 16. And then, you know, we went all over the place. I learned a lot. So how did you work out the whole high school situation? I, I went and got an equivalency di- the diploma. And uh, my mother's one, one stipulation was that I continued my studies somehow at Manhattan School of Music because, you know, they paid for my, I was in the prep division. And, uh, and then, after, you know, so I found a way to, you know, to continue study. Um and so then that that started that started the journey, and uh, and then at nineteen, as as you know, you read, uh, uh, I was uh, introduced to. Matter of fact, my good buddy uh, Nat Adley Jr. He was the and he was the longtime music director for Luther, but at that time he was music director with uh, Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson, and 
And then he had to go, he had to leave and go back to the school himself. And so uh, actually, let me, let me go back. It was, it was, uh, we played at the Met. Melba Moore was the first contemporary act to break uh, the barrier at the Met. Before that, no contemporary acts other than opera uh, did the Met. And so we were the first ones, and in the audience was Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson. And so, you know, you know very uh, uh, serendipitous, you know, a lot, lots of things in my journey like that. And so I met them, and then there, there was an opening, and my buddy got me in, and the audition, and I played for Valerie. She loved me, and I started. I started with the band, and then I migrated to music director. And that, and also Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson. Still during that time, Valerie Simpson was not only a great, uh, uh, prolific songwriters, and they you know, had their own careers. She was still like the number one jingle singer in New York City. They were revered in the New York session scene. You know, the New York session scene included doing, you know, you know, Madison Avenue commanded all of the commercials nationwide. Yes, later on it spread to Chicago and Los Angeles and a lot of local, but all the all of the stuff was still Madison Avenue. So if you were in New York City during that time and you were in that scene, you you could be working a lot. And so Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson introduced me to that scene and I started doing uh, sessions every day. I went from never doing those types of things like zero to a hundred really, really seeing, you know, the, the, pace was, the pace was overnight. The preparation has been years, you know, when somebody asks you how you do something like, oh, how do you do that, that fast? It only took you an hour. Yet it's actually, it was one hour to actually to physically do it and 20 years of study. So yeah. that's what, yes. right? Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I started doing, uh, sessions during the session scene and that's where some of those albums where, you know, Dinah Ross, Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway and uh, that started. And also that started my, my first television job, which was Saturday Night Live. So I did, I was in the Saturday Night Live band during the Eddie Murphy years and that was my first yeah right oh my goodness yeah right yeah yeah that's kind of dating me a little bit yeah it was fun stuff it was fun i was in the band for three years and then my next television job some years later was uh one of the jingle producers that i worked with debbie mcduffie she she started you know her uh, producing career once she started doing producing those types of shows at the apollo and she brought me in then I did 15 years at the Apollo Theater wow, and then also doing Showtime at the Apollo with Steve Harvey. A lot of people remember me from that. You know, I had Ray True and the crew, you know, Steve, you know, Showtime at the Apollo, Ray True and the crew, Steve Harvey, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, I, I, uh, my next stop was BET. And, and those were some of my other, you know, as a music director, really doing a lot of their shows. Matter of fact, I did all of their specials. They had my first special with BET was the celebration of gospel. Mm. And that yeah. was a great show. I did musically direct and play behind the greatest gospel artists. And I, and that's some wonderful relationships. 
Shirley Caesar, Caesar Hezekiah that. Walker, mm. Kirk Franklin, Yolanda, oh uh, Fred Hammond, everybody, every every gospel great did that show. And so I did that for probably about uh, 10 years until they just stopped doing it. I, I did uh, the BET Awards. I also did a, the other special, the BET Honors. Yeah. I also did BET Sunday Best. I started that series. Yes. I did the first three seasons of that. And so that that all of those experiences came into play. And then I got a call from Ron Fair to have me join American Idol. And then American Idol, those years there, and then and they also started doing other specials on television, uh, network specials. So it's it's been it's been a wonderful journey. And then of course here I am with Dancing with the Stars. Uh, one of the, the specials I've started doing and, it, and this is a really wonderful one. It's called the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. So that is <laughs> one, of, one of the world's biggest events. Uh, seen years, by right? over a million people all over the world. And, and, and it's, it's tremendous. And it's a tremendous undertaking. So people ask me, well, it's a parade. What do you do for the parade? Well, it's the, the broadcast of the parade is what I'm responsible for. Uh, NBC, you, you when you see the show, you see the when you're on TV, you see the broadcast, and you know. So there's three hours of wall-to-wall music. Wow. Whoa. And, yes, there's 160 music cues that I'm responsible oh for. About 80 percent, I compose the music and I and produce all the music, and so it's a tremendous undertaking. Months and months of work to to get that going. The good news is this year we, there will be a parade. And this year we are, you know, we're doing the music for it. The parade, and and I, and so I'll, I'll kind of give you an idea how it normally works, is that we pre-record all of the music, and then we uh, we have uh, these trailers that are right on the the end of the parade route, right next to Macy's. And as the parade proceeds down and it turns the corner, you know, we uh, we are triggering the music. Here comes the Snoopy's balloon. You know, we have a director in another trailer. We hear, he says, here comes, you know, we hear the script, and then we and we trigger the music as it happens throughout the show. And so there's themes, there's all the music for commercial. Every balloon and float has its own unique music. It's a lot. And it and it's a uh, it's a wonderful undertaking. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I think uh, that's a a good tight That's, summary of where I'm at. Amazing. <laughs> also, and I have to say, you know, I've been wonderfully blessed. A year ago, I shot a pilot for Fox, and then the pilot took off. And so it's a new show called I Can See Your Voice, which mm. debuted this fall. Same producers of Masked Singer, and it comes on right after Masked Singer. The host is Ken Jeong, doing very well. So that's you know, cool. it comes on uh, Wednesdays. So Monday is, is Dance with the Stars, and then Wednesdays, it's I Can See Your Voice. And then there's also a, another special that we're doing right now. It's Broadway special that's getting ready to happen. So I have to say, during this period, and I know that it, it sounds, I never like to try to, you know, indicate that this is all me. This is all by the blessings that, I've been receiving. Yes. Uh, and I realize, and, and I, I don't wear this lightly, that 
that God gives you these gifts. And as gifts, it's not that they are best blessings and gifts are never earned. They're bestowed. And so when people get full of themselves by thinking that, you know, they, they're, they're so much and they've done so much, the realization is that you've earned nothing. You've been blessed. All right. Yes. And now it's your duty to live up to the blessings and do your best and also your duty to help enrich the soil of which you are living and sitting and help others. And that's been my mission. My wife and I have a foundation in which we just call the power to inspire and which we mentor, you know, kids who are or young people who are looking to get into the professional ranks. That's kind of where we sit with our foundation. So that's kind of my life in a nutshell. It's amazing because this morning I was actually doing my daily devotional and it was all about abundance and uh, sometimes those thoughts creeping into our head about not deserving the blessings. And the one thing that resonated with me was that it said it's not about earning or deserving. It's about believing and receiving. So have you always believed in the things that you've received, which are many things that you've received. Well, you know what? It's, it's hard to, to track it as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me this point in my life to, to kind of reflect. I, I've, uh, I liken my, my journey to somebody who's you know, swim, you know, been wonderfully blessed to swim through an ocean. And I've gotten through some shark-infested stuff. I've gotten through mm-hmm. some shocking waters. But I'm still swimming. So I, I don't, I really take the, I rarely take the time to sit back and reflect too much because I'm still swimming. Mm. And I'm swimming. Mm. Man, arms are stroking. I'm, I'm going, man. And uh, every now and then I look back, oh, that was pretty cool. Look at that. Meantime, I'm preparing for my next thing. Yeah. I have dreams that I'm preparing for. I have many things that I, you know, that I I'm, I'm continue to aspire to. I continue to study. I continue to be a student of my craft. And so, yeah, I, and then it's taken me to this point in my life to really say, wow, you know what, this was, and I've been rescued many times by God, you know, through storms and all kinds of things. Mm. And so, yeah, the blessings, I just, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's not that I was so good or great that I deserved anything. It's that he chose me. And so he chose me and here I am. I am the band, where we sit down and interview some incredible musicians, artists, the people behind the music that you love. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us today. Stay tuned for next week, part two of I Am the Band with the legendary Ray Chu. Thank you for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com.